Well, hello and welcome to this live edition of ESPN Scrum Reset. Uh, back for 2023, uh, our very own rugby pod and um, a little bit earlier than planned, it must be said, Christy Doran, uh, I'd say we were still enjoying a, a little bit of downtime in the in the rugby season, taking a bit of cricket. Tennis has begun at Melbourne Park today, but um, some quite extraordinary news dropping this morning in Australian rugby circles with uh, Dave Rennie out and Eddie Jones back after 17 years uh, since he was given the sack by the then Australian Rugby Union in 2005. Mate, I rolled in this morning, first day back for 2023, sat down at my desk, thought I'd have a nice cruisy start to this year. Uh, I was there, cleaned the emails out, 90 minutes in, was watching a bit of NFL and Wooshka. Eddie Jones back, Dave Rennie gone. Uh, Mate, your immediate reaction to this morning's events. Look, the immediate reaction is, okay, it's happened, actually. It wasn't one of surprise, and I don't think necessarily the players were surprised that this was going to happen at some point. I think the longer dragged out they may have and perhaps the wider rugby community thought, okay, maybe Dave Rennie's safe for the time being. But there'd been for quite a long time rumblings, and I think ever since the Wallabies lost to Italy, in Florence, I thought that's when Rugby Australia freaked out a bit. I thought, geez, okay. Um, they managed to just stem the bleeding for the time being in Ireland um, and in Wales. But the moment that Dave, uh, that Eddie Jones rather was sacked by the Rugby Football Union, it changed everything. And I said it at the time, and people, some people believed us, some people didn't. But I, I think it was working about does – in fact, Eddie Jones want to come back. And if he does want to come back, does he want to come back immediately for 2023 or does he want to wait for 2024? And I think a lot of people in Rugby Australia were were waiting to, to hear basically what Eddie wanted. And when Eddie said he wanted it, I think that's when it went, okay, well, it's on. You're right. Not not surprised because I think we all thought that Eddie was going to find his way back to, to Australian rugby at some point, and it looked like it was a perfect situation for him to return after the World Cup, gets two years to work into a, or 18 months to work into a British and Irish Lions series with the ultimate goal being the, the 20, 2027 rather World Cup here on, on home soil and I guess giving Eddie the chance to to right the, the last-ditch wrongs of the Johnny Wilkinson drop goal in, in 2003. But just on what happened um, over the past few weeks and you mentioned there that Eddie was given the sack and, and clearly he was going to be a coach in demand because he's got the runs on the board at, at World Cup level despite not being not winning it as a head coach um, taking both Australia and England to a final um, obviously working as a consultant with the Springboks there under Jake White in 2007 uh, Japan's famous victory over the Springboks in in 2015 so he's clearly a guy that knows how to get things done at the World Cup so he was always going to be in demand. And we know we spoke about uh, on, on Scrum Reset and then the closing pods of last year about this coaching merry-go-round. And Warren Gatland had already gone back to Wales and Steve Borthwick in, installed as, as Eddie's replacement at England. So how much do you think Rugby Australia felt as though they had to move in the immediacy to not let the opportunity for Eddie to, to slip away to say he'd been linked with the USA deal, a long-term deal? Um, perhaps go to Argentina, perhaps go back to Japan again. Why was it so crucial, do you think, that they moved with such great um, urgency? 
I think they'd come to the conclusion that is Dave Rennie capable of getting with the Wallabies to where where they want? And I think they came to the conclusion, no. Um, Ken Eddie Jones, yes. I, I still think 25 and 27, the Lions and the Home World Cup of 27 is where Rugby Australia is specifically targeted. But they think that, hey, well, maybe we can get two cracks at this and we're better. We're a better chance with Eddie Jones being there. There, there was a couple of meetings along the way. There was a meeting in July and there was a meeting in, in uh, November as well where I think that they were pleasantly surprised by what they heard from the detail, the knowledge, the interest of coming back and working in Australia. But they, they were very much of the thought that, well, this isn't going to happen in 23 because he's linked with England. And, yes, there were some murmurings towards the end of the, the November series, the autumn series over there that he might get the flick and RA were watching on with uh, a sense of curiosity there. But um, once that happened, they thought, okay, well, and, and it, I'm, I'm not sure whether or not it's completely unanimous. I've been told by one person it wasn't um, – I'm led to believe by one RA source member anyway that that it was. So we'll find out, I'm sure, over the next little while. But things moved reasonably quickly over the weekend, I think. Um, we saw a week ago, uh, a week and a half ago, Eddie Jones had an interview with um, uh, a columnist for the, the, the Guardian who said, look, I'm not an assistant, mate. And then a day later, a day and a half later, Dave Rennie comes out and says, that's not going to happen, uh, as in, I'm, you know, it won't happen, I won't work with Eddie Jones. And RA were very much surprised that he said that. There was an element of why, like, you know, you've not been to a World Cup, you've just lost the only member of your coaching structure that has been to a World Cup. Um, surely it would just be advantageous to work with one of the most experienced coaches in the world. I don't know if it left them in a position to go, well, this is going to work. And I think at that point in time, maybe they maybe they had already made the decision for Eddie Jones that he'd come in. But I think that kind of reinforced that opinion that, well, it's not going to work together. Our eggs are in the Eddie Jones basket. They'll pay out Dave Rennie. He'll be put on gardening leave. And one of the extraordinary things that happened with the Rugby Football Union, they didn't put a, a non-compete uh, in, in Eddie Jones's exit. And it meant that he could join whoever he wants, whenever he wants. It's extraordinary. The amount of intellectual property and the knowledge that Eddie Jones will come to Australia knowing the English system, knowing every single player inside out, little details, whether or not they all stack up, at the end of the day you still have to go out and beat them. But they may well match up against one another come uh, nine months' time, ten months' time in France in a quarterfinal. So it could be extraordinary. Amazing to think, as you mentioned there, um, Eddie did the interview with The Guardian last week. He's been doing the rounds. He's spoken to a lot of people across the world and said, yeah, basically, I'm not going to sit idle for long. Um, and we know Rugby Australia were on the front foot um, as soon as he was sacked by the RFU flagging, the, the interest given on, on what he'd achieved with the team uh, up until 2022, at least with England. Um but, but Dave Rennie, I, I just still can't get my head around this this change of events or this turn of events, rather. He selects a 40-man squad for, I guess, an introductory camp to, to 2023 um, after they, they parted ways, um, the Wallabies and the coaching staff after the spring tour. Um, they meet on the Gold Coast. They have a four-day camp. He fronts the media, mentions that, yeah, there's no chance that Eddie is going to be joining uh, the, the squad, sorry, the coaching staff following... 
Um, obviously, the you know re- resignation of, of Scott Wisemanel um, as well, and then seven days later, um, Rennie gone, Eddie out. Um, just on Dave, it, it's I mean, I, given what we know around you know the the um, how this has unfolded with um, Eddie obviously wanting the and Rugby Australia wanting Eddie for 2027. Um, it's hard not to feel a little bit sorry for Dave Rennie, isn't it? I think he deserved the chance, the opportunity at least to take this group through to the World Cup this year. I, I think they've, you know, the, despite last year's struggles, um, they were close in a number of games that obviously the, the horror injury told. And I do wonder um, where that review's at in terms of the, the strength and conditioning aspect, um, the issues that they had last year. Uh, he clearly repaired this squad from what was a, a pretty dour, um, I guess, uh, set of circumstances following Michael Checkers', Michael Checkers um, tenure after the 2019 World Cup, the Israel Folau saga, had a lot to deal with coming into the mid the COVID era, border restrictions, both state and international, um, contracting, the Gitto law, the, the blow up with the, the Japanese um, bound, sorry, the Japanese based players in Quade Cooper, Samu Karevi and, and Sean McMahon, ongoing difficulties, difficulties with the Gitto law and how it should be used. So He's overcome a lot, hasn't he? And and I still think, you know, he'll be remembered pretty fondly, certainly in, in a lot of quarters within Australian rugby because he's a coach who's always conducted himself with a lot of dignity and grace and and certainly went head-to-head with with New Zealand rugby um, around things like the Bledisloe changes and and uh, shifting uh, tournaments through the rugby championship and tri-nations through that, that COVID era. It's, I, I feel quite a, a little bit sad for Dave Rennie today. Oh, no one likes to see someone go. It's pretty brutal, the world, um, professional sport, isn't it? And we've seen it recently with Eddie Jones, the players coming out saying we're disappointed. Um, and quite interestingly, the Bill Sweeney, the head of the RFU, just recently acknowledged that, said that the players didn't want to go. But this is a decision that we made. I, I, I agree that there's an element of um, – did we get to see a Wallaby side um, in a knockout situation or a big moment situation where he's got his players, he's got his troops, he's had them for a long time? And we didn't really, did we? Like, he had a number of injuries last year, ended up using 51 players. I, I do think, though, that this Wallaby side needs to be woken up. I feel like they've been asleep at the wheel. I think it's been too nice. I think there's been too many hands around shoulders and pats on backs. Uh I think Dave Rennie is a, a nice, nice, lovely bloke, um, really nice demeanour about him. He did a good repair job. Was he able to take Australia to the next level? And that's the, the question I didn't necessarily think he could. And that, that's the answer I wanted was why are the Wallabies continually coming sh- up short? Why are they often losing the games that are in the balance? And you go back to the spring tour of 2021 when they lost three matches there after five matches straight that they had won and you know all three games were in the balance there and then you know we saw it last year not being able to close out games against England not able to execute at the big moments the penalty counts were ridiculous staggering from week to week was the discipline not being good enough and then when you have a uh, a result like the Wallabies did against Italy I think that was uh, a massive blight I think it, it really um put Dave Rennie under the, firmly under the microscope. And, yes, they fronted. And, yes, a, 
uh, injury ravaged side came back against a Welsh side and overturned a 21-point deficit. But you know, Gareth Hanscom goes off midway through that second half, the comeback's on. You know, Wales went down to 13 men. And, yes, they put it away then. Um, but this was a Welsh side that had just lost to Georgia a week earlier. Georgia. Uh, you know, Italy only six months earlier. So it wasn't a good Welsh side that they managed to come out and beat. So uh, first year, I think it was a gamble having Dave Rennie there. People were relying on the fact that a coach had won his last championship back in 2013 with the Chiefs. Been a long time since he had been able to win a, a finals match with a big, big outfit. And so I, I applaud it. I think it's. I think it's a bold. I think it's brave. I think it's the right decision to bring Eddie Jones back in, who's had you know, four World Cups under his belt, made a, a final in three, um, lost two as a head coach, won one as a consultant. I think it's the right move. You're right there. The two things that stand out, aren't they, in, in terms of the negatives from his tenure, uh, were that defeat to to Italy when he did run the risk of choosing, of sorry, selecting what was virtually a, a second and probably even in places a third or a fourth string side if you look at the some of the guys who lined up because of the injury toll this year there in in Florence back in November and and also the the indiscipline and and I was pulling my hair out after the the Ireland game with the four neck roll penalties in in one half of, of football now I know the players have got to bear um, a lot of the responsibility for that clearly um, but that also comes back to to coaching, doesn't it? Not being able to isolate these issues, these problems, and saying, right, how do we fix this? How do we take this Achilles heel out of our game that has been in place for virtually the last two years? Um, they were the most heavily penalised team in the rugby championship this year before, I think, Argentina finished with 22 in their final match against the Springboks in South Africa. Um, it's just incredible that he couldn't find a way to, to I guess, turn that, um, part of that negative aspect of the Wallabies game around. And on the flip side, you look at the performances against Ireland and, and France and you think, well, there are two missed tackles there on Damien Pinot, again, away from winning that game. They're a, they're a butchered line-out um, throw against Ireland um, from winning in Dublin, albeit with Johnny Sexton out. Um, so two results there that had they gone the other way and, and suddenly you're looking at a perhaps a, a three and two return, or maybe even a four and one return, um, there in in Europe, um, five and zero, given they beat in Scotland first up. So they're real sliding doors moments, aren't they, for, for Dave Rennie's team? Those two defeats, but um, I guess looking forward to to this year now, um, Eddie Jones, he's got what five tests before the the World Cup uh, opener against Georgia there in Paris on September nine, uh, four three rugby championship games one each against the All Blacks, Springboks, Pumas, and the, the extra Bledisloe against the All Blacks. Not at Eden Park this year, um, the MCG and Forsyth Bar, so perhaps a little window there for, for Eddie to, to work with. Um, is it enough time? Can he? Uh, what kind of impact can he make in, in such a short space of time? We know Eddie will get around to all the Super Rugby games, uh, which kick off in just over a month's time. He'll be very busy in that aspect. But can he really affect this or impact this squad and, I guess what kind of changes, who do you think is going to benefit playing-wise? Does this help, say, a James O'Connor who'd fallen away from uh, favouritism under Dave Rennie? Um, where does it leave guys like Quade Cooper and, and Samu Karevi? Um, I'm certain, where does it leave the Giddo Law? I mean, there's just certainly all of a sudden so many things, uh, so many balls are up in the air, if you like, and and uh, he's certainly racing the clock to to really you know make an impact in under nine months' time. 
Yeah. Well, look, I think to answer the question, can he make an immediate impact? Well, we saw with England that he can. He, he took a English side that underachieved at a World Cup uh, in 2015 under Stuart Lancaster. They won their last game in the pool against Uruguay, consequently knocked out. Um, and then England go on a remarkable 17-match unbeaten streak. Uh, Eddie Jones winning his first 17 matches in charge. They equal the T1 record, which is 18, um, by the All Blacks. Uh, along the way, a Grand Slam victory, a 3-0 series clean sweep against Australia, against a Wallaby side that had just made the World Cup final, and they go on to back it up to win the Six Nations in 2017. Uh, you know, off the back of, uh, uh, you know, an underachieving, kind of underwhelming year in 2018, um, a change, Scott Wisemantle comes in, but they end up making the World Cup final a brilliant victory against the All Blacks. I, I think he can make a, an immediate impact. He's got long enough. We saw Michael Checker do a similar sort of thing, and yes, he had an extra couple of months, and yes, he brought the Waratahs contingent of players that had been pretty successful under him in, in 2014, but we've seen coaches make immediate impacts. We saw Razzie Erasmus did that uh, when he came in charge of the Springboks. So I have no question he can do that. Uh, as for players who might be a bit more concerned or others that might be uh, heartened by the change environments, I, I think the player, if I could single one player that will come out, I'll go two, Tate McDermott. I think from my understanding, he's a Tate McDermott fan. Uh, and number two, Sully Vunavalu. I can see him playing a big role in 2023 now. Um, this is a guy that has many similar attributes to a Lottie Dekiri. And you think back to that ball that he took uh, Lottie in 2003 to score a try. Um, Vunabalo is great in the air, powerful athlete. Eddie's worked with rugby league players. He's managed to get them up to speed in recent times and in, in quick time. And Sully's been a part of the Queensland Reds now for two years. And if he can get his body right, I think he can play a, a significant role uh, going forward. As for James O'Connor, look, I still have questions about his fitness, his form, his ability, ability to back up and play consecutive weeks. They're the things that Eddie would want to see. I wouldn't necessarily put a line through him, but but he's got a long way to to to, to make up. You made mention of Samu Karevi. Samu Karevi has a huge role to play under Eddie Jones. And we've got to remember that Samu Karevi is uh, coming off contract, but he's with Santori, whose consultant is Eddie Jones. So I'd watch that space on, on Samu. What do you think? Well, if you, if you, were you to think that there's a couple of people or even, um, you know, does Michael Hooper play the same role? We know that Dave Rennie, followed all the, the previous Wallaby coaches of Checker, of McKenzie, of Deans to select him. But you know, does Michael Hooper play such a pivotal role under Eddie Jones? It'll be interesting to see. Well, also, what do we know then about Eddie continuing his role with, with Suntory? Because potentially is that a conflict of interest straight off the bat with Samo Karevi? He's a guy you've thrown up as a potential Wallabies captain. Um, and we know Michael Hooper and James Slipper are more than likely probably to hang him up, although Slips has indicated potentially going on to, to 2025. Um, I, th I think we both agree that Samu Krevity is at his best. He's probably, you know, the most important player to this Wallabies team. Um, of course, was injured in the Commonwealth Games, so we didn't see him after the England series in the Wallabies this year. So how does that play out with Eddie holding his role at Suntory? Does he keep him over there 
uh, into the future. To We know what benefits it has had for some players playing in Japan. Um, surely the RA would like him back here playing for the Reds or perhaps even the Rebels front and centre. Um, I do wonder around, you know, we think back to 2003 and Eddie brought across Takiri, as you mentioned, Matt Rogers, Wendell Saylor, um, guys who went on to start in the back three there for the Wallabies at the 2003 World Cup and, and started in the final. What does this do for, say, a, a Joseph Suwali'i who's off contract at the moment and the, the subject of immense speculation? Um, perhaps a couple of other guys in, in the rugby league ranks. You mentioned Sully Vunivalu. Um, just so many things that this is going to shake up. And that's what Eddie does, doesn't he? He shakes things up on and off the field. Um, you, the media coverage today that this will have generated, um, you know, not just here in New South Wales and Queensland, but around the country. He's a he's a coach that, you know, goes beyond um, the traditional rugby states. Uh, everyone's probably heard an, an Eddie quip uh, over the years. And, I mean, we know you and I have had a number of press conferences with him uh, over the last few years through the England, um, his coaching of, of England against the Wallabies, and he loves to go back and forth with journos. It's, it's never really a dull moment. It's certainly not going to be a, a dull year. Um, it's just going to be fascinating to watch, isn't it? it certainly is. And if anyone saw the, the press conferences um, throughout the year, last year where Cottesloe, he's walked over to most members of the press and introduced himself said hello but there was a real sense of aura around him and you know that's how, how he does things i think um then two weeks later in Kuji, where he speaks and laments the fall of rugby and it seemed like he's so invested in the game here and you compare that to dave Rennie, who you know what's his like what's his real affiliation with Australian rugby? I don't know if it's nearly as deep-seated as, as as it would be with Eddie Jones, but you could see and you could hear the passion, you could hear the disappointment of when he spoke about the fact that he didn't read the paper and see the Wallabies on back pages or front pages or in six o'clock bulletins or the morning bulletins, radio. Um, they're some of the things that will come as a byproduct of Eddie Jones returning. I think it's... Also important to note that when Eddie took over England in 2016, kept many of the same players, only made subtle tweaks. He made a, a captaincy change, which was interesting. Uh, um, Dylan Hartley came in from you know, the relative wilderness um, and he ends up captaining his side. And his, like that, that turned out to be um, a brilliant pick. And, yes, he didn't take England through to the World Cup, but... Do you need a player to play for four years or do you need a player to play for the next year or two or to win the, the next test? And perhaps that's what Eddie, maybe that was his shortcoming over the last year, year and a bit. But I, I can't see him completely reinventing the wheel this year in 2023. I think from 2024, he might have a different approach because he will realise, okay, well, we don't just have nine months to get the ball rolling. We've got four years and two years to, to nail it against the Lions. Um so there's some of the, the really curious kind of factors that come with Eddie. What happens with the coaching structure will be fascinating as well. We've already seen Scott Wisemantle, Eddie Jones's long-term right-hand man, jump ship beforehand. Um, did he know that that Eddie Jones was coming back? Did um, my, my understanding that it was very much a, a decision based on family and family circumstances, and we've got to respect that, but... What does it leave for Petrus Duplessis, the, the scrum coach? Um, uh, could there be a change there? How does he see 
um, the Brumbies contingent there with McKellar and Laurie Fisher. Um, but, you know, it, it does it. We know that Laurie Fisher was doing some of the defensive work, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a rugby league player uh, or a former rugby league player come out of the blue and, and join that, that coaching structure or, or even a Matt Gitto. You never know. Someone that he knows, trusts, respects highly. But either way, um, the consensus from former players has been, and I enjoyed Lottie Dekiri tweeting not too long ago where he said, I'd be bringing your mirror to camp because there'll be a lot of players that will be told, is what you're doing good enough? Yeah, McKellar, an interesting one there. I think we we thought he was probably uh, highly likely to be the heir apparent before Eddie's stint with England turned so sour. Um, obviously, Brad Thorne in the mix as well. Where does it leave these two guys into the future? Um, you think about Darren Coleman at the Waratahs has got eyes on one day coaching the Wallabies um, down the track. It's going to be fascinating to see who, as you say, he brings in. I remember Eddie had only just brought in um, Brett Hodgson um, there, the former Tigers and, and New South Wales origin, fullback uh, across to England and after Anthony Seabold's um, departure to back to Australia to coach Manly and, and poor old Brett got over there, basically unpacked his bags and uh, had to pack them to come home again, uh, being shown the door under, under Steve Borthwick's reign. So, yeah, who, who knows who we might bring in? Peter Ryan, obviously a defensive guy, has done a lot of work around Australia for many years now, um, obviously has the link with uh, the Brumbies going back as well. So there's a name potentially wouldn't surprise to to see pop up. But, um, yeah, fast Eddie. Eh? I, I, I just uh, – I still can't – even though it's been a few hours now to to really uh, – I don't think it's sunk in that he's going to be back in that green and gold tracksuit, a guy who, you know, we think back to July last year and those ugly scenes at the SCG and being called a traitor by multiple – uh, supporters there, Wallaby supporters around the SCG following that third test loss to, to England. And you can see the passion. He, he's never hidden from the fact that he is a proud Australian, loves his Australian cricket. Um, there's a, probably a touch of the Justin Langer. Uh, interesting that you made that mention. There's been too much lovey-dovey and perhaps these Wallabies needed a bit of a boot up the backside um, as that, uh, that clip from Justin Langer doing the rounds uh, on social media uh, there once he'd taken over from the um, amid the um, after the Cape Town debacle for the Australian cricket team there a few years ago, um, so yeah, Eddie's back. It's really going to be something to just uh, watch. And I think you're right; it will put Australian rugby, which you know, uh, leading into a, a World Cup in France, it's clearly going to be played outside, um, you know, our reasonable daylight hours over here for Australia. All the games will be in the middle of the night, or, or certainly early in the evening. Um, it's not going to generate a, a whole lot of buzz, but I think Eddie's going to pick up the slack there, isn't he? Oh, it certainly will be. Yeah, and you made mention and you asked the question earlier around, the, you know, the, it's it's um, pretty tragic for, for Dave Rennie and, and he, you know, an element of disappointment that he won't be able to complete the job that he started. My understanding is that Dave Rennie was going to join the Waratahs today for the two days to spend time with the Tars Monday on Tuesday. And, and the fact is he's not going to be there. He's not there today. Um, I, I believe he was going to an Elton John concert on Tuesday evening. Um, it's it's pretty flat for him now. Um, where that leaves the link with the Japan, which um, you know, some people speculating that you know an exit plan for him, but my understanding was that he was strongly considering moving up to the Japanese League One competition. And yes, he might not have signed the dotted line, but there's a 
there's a big difference between signing the dotted line and having informal agreements and starting off and having those strong conversations. So look, I'm sure he will land on his feet. He's a well-respected coach, a, a smart coach, Rugby Australia, I know, acknowledge that whether or not he's the right person for the right time, they've clearly decided no. But you're right, Eddie Jones is going to come in. He's going to shake things up. And for the World Cup, it's, you know, hang on, enjoy the ride. It's going to be demanding. I dare say you and I will have a couple of moments where we think, geez, um, this isn't quite what we anticipated. But he, people people deserve, I think, second chances, second opportunities. Uh, Eddie Jones was, was sacked at the end of 2005, it's a long time ago, wasn't it? It's a long time ago. And since then, he's been in Japan. He's been in South Africa. He's been in England. The amount of knowledge that he would have picked up along the way, I think it's a, a great move for not just Australian coaching and coaching development across not just the Wallabies but the wider landscape. I think that is something that Eddie Jones will be passionate about. But I also think from a female perspective, it's brilliant that we're going to have a world-class coach who's going to be overseeing the women's program because there's not only a female a women's world cup in 2025 australia's going to be hosting the women's world cup in 2029 to have a person like eddie jones overseeing it is is going to be a major boost for the game here because there's not a more professional coach in world rugby than eddie jones and for a long while women's rugby has been stuck in the semi-professional amateur age and he's the perfect person to bring it out really from the stone age and bring it into professional times. And in the end, you know, it's a results business, professional sport. We all know this, don't we? And and Dave Rennie's record, uh, 38% across his three seasons in charge. Um, you compare that with, with Eddie, I think 73. Um, and uh, if you think back to the lofty heights of the World Cup, sorry, the Wallabies, the golden era there at the, the back end of the, the 1990s and, and into the early 2000s was 78%. So uh, can Eddie take them back to that, um, you know, that, those halcyon days, I guess, of the game here in Australia and 110,000 people at, at a Bledisloe Carpet Stadium, Australia? Um, he's certainly got the profile to, to raise, I guess, awareness or not awareness, but um, hype around what is a better word around the team and around the game here. In Australia, which it clearly needs, and you know, this is we've been speaking about it for a long while now. This this golden era of Australian rugby of um, Alliance series, um, two World Cups within two years, and then um, the uh, Olympics in Brisbane in in twenty thirty two. We've got the Sydney Sevens. I'm here at Moore Park at the moment in the the ESPN offices. Uh, Sydney Sevens back for the first time in in three years. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty full house at the the new Allianz Stadium. So. It just builds a little bit of momentum for the season ahead, doesn't it? Or a lot of momentum, really, which in January, it's a it's a hard sell with the cricket finished and the tennis going on. People really aren't thinking about the game, but but certainly now this is this is going to throw it right out there to the mainstream. Eddie's back. Strap yourselves in. Yeah, exactly. And that's something Anthony Seabold touched on when I spoke to him before Christmas and said, look, he kind of privately thought it was a bit of a no-brainer that he came back in, not necessarily in 23 because he wanted to pay respect to Dave Rooney, um, but he thought for 24 and beyond it was a no-brainer. Um, but, but he also acknowledged, look, rugby needs the headlines, doesn't it? It needs to be put on the surface, uh, you know, it needs to come out of where it is, which has been in this big sleepy pattern for a long, long time. So um, it'll be great. 
I think he will encourage rugby league players or young players to, if they're if they're tossing up what to do, then Eddie Jones is the sort of person that will be able to just twist a few arms and 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 he his talent identification is is vastly superior to, to most that you talk to and know and and he'll make sure that there are people and scouts and there's proper people looking at what's going through in the nurseries in Queensland, New South Wales. We know what's happening over in Western Australia and in Melbourne at the moment. There's a lot of young good talent across the country. It's about making sure that rugby gets it, doesn't miss out on it, and doesn't have situations where Joseph Suwalali, I've totally mispronounced his name there, but we can't afford, and Australian rugby can't afford to have guys like Joseph Suwali, Angus Crichtons, uh, the Cameron Murrays slip through the fingertips of Australian rugby, and I don't think that'll happen underneath Eddie Jones. Yeah, Rugby Australia, uh, no formal media today. Uh, they're going to pursue that later in the week with Andy Marinos travelling and, and Eddie. Uh, in Japan, so we expect to see um, a full uh, press conference later this week, hopefully. Um, I guess, Christy, then, to, to wrap up, um, we're probably going to come out with some some bolder predictions for the year ahead when we uh, were planning a, a kickoff pod for some time in mid-February. But one off the top then, how does this change your, I guess, um, where you think the Wallabies can can get to at the World Cup in France this year? Um, I still think they're, they're probably semi-final is their limit. Um, but are you of uh, a different opinion that Eddie's uh, Eddie's arrival back in Australia or return to Australia can um, take them to greater heights than that? Well, I, I said in a bold predictions, 23 predictions for 2023 for the Raw before Christmas that Eddie Jones would come back and I said that Suli uh, Vunavalu would would have a, a strong role to play. I, I still think that. I still think that you look at the pool, you look at the draw, they're only coming up against Wales and Fiji. And I say only, but Wales will be coached by Warren Gatlin, who's got a lot of experience too. I think that can only be a benefit for them. But if you're coming up against an England, uh, uh, Argentina or a, uh, a Japan in a quarterfinal, that's a much tastier proposition than anyone on the other side when you know the top four ranked nations at the moment are Ireland, France, South Africa and New Zealand, they're all on the one side of the draw. Two of them are going to be going home before the semifinals. Uh, Eddie Jones will have known and studied that and gone, the Wallabies have got a great chance. And when you get to a semifinal, as what we saw in 2019 when Eddie was coaching England, I beat the All Blacks. He beat the All Blacks in 2003 in the semifinal. I think he'll be thinking we can make a final. And I think he thinks that we've got enough talent Australian rugby's got enough talent to to give it a real shake. I don't think he would have been signing on, risking a fair bit, risking a fair bit of the momentum if he didn't necessarily think that Australia's got a, a real chance here. We, we're talking polled, we're talking predictions. I'm going to say that the Wallabies will make the final. Um, and, and call me crazy, but there's enough skillful players, there's enough very good players in Australian rugby that if two or three years older than what they were, in 2020 when quite a few experienced players left. When you talk about the Will Genias, um, the, uh, you know, it was a year or two after Stephen Moore had passed, so Tafu Palotta now had passed. Um, these sorts of players that had been there for a long, long time had all started to go. Uh, Yadam Ashley Cooper was brought back. Um, Tavita Kurandrani was still around. 
I think you look at the the average age of the Wallaby at the moment, and there are that many exciting players underneath the age of 26 that Eddie Jones would be licking his lips at what what he can see because, you know, there are that many quality young tens coming through the system at the moment. You think about the depth emerging in the centres, the explosiveness, the physical presence of guys like Mark Nwanganidawasi, the Vunavalus, the Pataias out in the wing. Fullback would be really interesting to see what now happens with with Eddie Jones because we've probably started to see glimpses of of who Dave Rennie was thinking, but I I reckon he'll have a a much firmer idea and he'll probably have a much better idea after the end of Super Rugby when the fact that Andrew Kellaway is going to be playing 15 for the Rebels and um, Tom Wright likely 15 for the Brumbies, Kirtley Beal 15 for the Waratahs, Jock Campbell up at the Reds. There'll be guys getting opportunities, putting themselves in positions uh, to make it a much easier decision for Eddie Jones. Yeah, fascinating. A few months ahead. And uh, what about Eddie Jones losing the, the Bledisloe Cup there in 2003? Could it be the one to, to get it back in 2023, 20, 20 years on? Um, yeah, how about that? Uh, also, that, that was a heavy defeat there in Sydney. And then he flipped the script to beat the All Blacks in that semi-final at the same ground uh, a few weeks later or a couple of months later. Um Christy, uh, mate, I think that's a pretty good wrap today. Um, obviously, massive news in Australian rugby for, for rugby union right around the world. Um, just, uh, yeah, a monumental coaching change. Uh, you feel, as we discussed, feel sorry for Dave Rennie, but there's no doubt that Eddie Jones is going to come back and, and shake things up here in Australia. Uh, mate, we'll be following your work at the Raw as ever. Thanks very much for your time and, and plenty more reaction to come on ESPN.com.au as well. Uh, thanks very much, team, and we'll be back uh, perhaps... Uh, mid-feb, uh, Super Rugby kickoff and, and more on Eddie Jones. Cheers.